G'day, my name's James and welcome to another episode of the Oz F1 show. In this episode, we are reviewing the Portuguese Grand Prix. And I'm joined by my friends and yours at this early hour in the morning from the Soviet South. It's Tommy T <laughs> and Campy. Hello, lads. G'day. Gentlemen, how are you? Well, you guys are doing pretty well because you've got your Lakeside Drive mugs and full of delicious coffee. Uh, the best coffee in the world is made by Tommy T. Yes. There is no doubt yes. about that. I reckon, I reckon Little Rebel's pretty good. <laughs> you would too. Uh, if that doesn't give us a specific location and <laughs> industry, <laughs> industry to be... sorry. Doing banter of I don't know what it is, uh, boys. Portugal, the the track of the roller coaster, basically, uh, was a very interesting race. Uh, thank goodness for no red flags. I got to say that. Yeah, I'm not used to it. I was praying for one when Danny Rick was in fifth place, though. Went long, super yeah, long. Safety great car would have been awesome. Oh, how good would it have been? Unfortunately, it didn't happen. You know what I loved about this race more than anything? Go on. The helicopter shots. Yeah. If you go back to that uh, episode we recorded of uh, the Suzuka Grand Prix way back in the start of the year that we haven't done anything with, do you remember the camera shots from that Grand Prix from the helicopter? They were no. lunatics, the Couldn't old helicopter even drivers. get it on the car <laughs> and it was shaking <laughs> like they were in a bloody hurricane or something. But these ones, oh, it was great. I thought some of the camera work was brilliant. It's good to watch. Yeah, and also the the – Looking at the helicopter coming up over, you know, what was it, six or something? There's just a shot back up and the helicopter coming up and over the top. Yeah. Oh, just the whole thing. I think the helicopter pilot is the same person each time around, but whoever it is, just (laughs) amazing flight. It's like just constantly being in a Top Gear episode and just, (laughs) you know, waiting for the boys to say, like, oh, it's getting very close. I reckon that's the job you want if you're in F1 full time. You reckon that, or would you go safety car driver? Nah, helicopter driver all day. I would not let you I drive a helicopter, Campy. <laughs> Why not? Just. Why not? Do I need any more evidence? I'm confident. <laughs> I've done a solo flight by myself. Please In refer back to the rest of this podcast archive as to why you shouldn't be behind a helicopter. I keep telling you guys, I'm like just playing a role on here. I'm just playing the <laughs> playing the dunce. <laughs> playing the playing the dunce. Playing. Yeah. yeah. Being authentic as the dunce is not the same thing. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, good morning uh, to you too, fellas. But lads, uh, we look. We we had a good pre-drinks podcast. If you haven't yet listened to that and you wanted to listen to, to see what we sort of thought would happen, uh, please go back and listen to that one first. But uh, I thought, lads, we should start at the very back of the grid with, I'm not even sure why this person is here. Nikita Mazepin uh, finished in 19th and even got a five-second penalty for holding up Sergio Perez when Perez was leading. So he came last by an extra five seconds. Can we stop referring to him by his name and just call him the Russian driver? Yeah, yeah well, we can't sucks. even be called Russian, can he? It's like, you know, Russian Automotive Federation is the, yeah. the neutral banner that he's flying. So he's just RAF. 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 Uh, look, he was uh, terrible. Uh, future world champion, though, Mr. <laughs> Williams. <laughs> <laughs> no, nope. He's clearly been listening to this podcast and all these guys make outlandish statements all the time. I'll try that. <laughs> uh, at least he apologised like a man afterwards and didn't carry on over the radio like a 
like he has previously. So it was good. Give him a give him a thumbs up for that. He took full responsibility. And you are being positive this podcast. I like it. <laughs> this is you even trying to find something for him, which is uh, interesting. No, yeah. it tastes like to go. vinegar coming out of my mouth too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but his teammate, who's only there for marketing reasons, uh, Mick Schumacher, doing an incredible job against Latifi, finishing ahead of him, in fact, in 17th. Uh, he, We actually saw a little bit of Schumacher, the TV director, um, the segment that is dead for Tommy T from last year <laughs> in TV <laughs> review. But the TV director, at least at the back of the pack, wasn't doing such a bad job. No. Got to see him for once, which is good, but... I was surprised actually because we had such a long track that we actually didn't get a lot of lapped cars, which was nice for a change. Well, I think we did. I think we just didn't see towards the very end. Usually, it's about lap twenty at the moment (laughs) for Nicholas Latifi. Normally, it's lap three. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Mick had a strong weekend. Um, Unfortunately, he's in the worst car on the grid, Mm. so we're not going to see a lot of him. But he's smashing his teammate. Like oh. But he's, the, I don't know Convincingly. if that's... don't know if that's saying that much because that guy's a squid. Yeah. <laughs> but Again, you're right. Staying on my positive frame of mind, <laughs> he, uh, he won F3, he won F2, and now he's in F1. And he was a good driver in all of those. Um, Callum Eilert actually got a gig on... Yeah, we didn't talk about that yesterday. ...on Friday, and he was spec. He was superb. He was really good, actually. So yeah. I actually think Eilert probably... Should have had the drive. He just doesn't have enough him. cash. Well, I'm, <laughs> yeah, well, money. <laughs> He's works. a better driver. He doesn't have cash though. Yeah, well, yep. let, let's get cynical now. <laughs> no, but no, all that was really good. But Schumacher had a great weekend. He it's did really solid. Good for him to get some experience driving around some yep. other cars for a bit more than just the first couple of laps. Yeah, and it, as you say, I mean, the fact that he's in the worst car in the grid and I think Williams has, has sort of come a long way and especially against Latifi, who was challenging Russell for, for most of the race as well, it was good to see Schumacher just, you know, a couple of seconds ahead or behind rather than, you know, a full lap back basically, you know, 59, 60 seconds to, to Mazepin. Mm. It, was, it was absolutely ridiculous. Uh, let's talk about Williams, uh, otherwise known as Alpine if you're David Croft. Uh, <laughs> apparently can't tell the difference between Carbine. the two of these cars, uh, which is a bit ridiculous. Campy, your thoughts uh, on Williams this weekend? Uh, Russell, good qualifying, very solid. Thought they'd be in the hunt for the points, but he was rubbish. He clearly mm. set that car, that car up for one one lap, and yeah. I don't mind them trying that one lap, see if they can hang with it, uh, get a good strategy. But it was clear after 10 laps that that oh. setup was not for the race. I think Latifi beat him in the end and passed him a couple of times. I mean, they swapped positions in the pit stop phases. Um, yeah. yeah, Latifi uh, didn't. Latifi came 18th and George came 16th, but for a lot of the race, yeah, George was not in positive position. Yeah, Latifi passed him on track, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. at one stage he did, so... Um, they stopped a couple of times each as well. So yeah, not to, classic I'm not back yeah. yeah, I'm not 100 percent sure what's going on with their strategies. I think they're just trying to. They're still a glorified test team, in my opinion. But um, yeah, uh, yeah, they're not. They're not as good as I thought they were going to be this year. I thought they'd make a big jump, but they really haven't been pushing the likes of the Alfa Romeo, which they probably would have been targeting this year. So. Yeah, and Tommy T, I think, you know, they said that coming into Bahrain for testing, 
George was saying this is our focus is Alfa Romeo and looking further up the grid. And even in Bahrain and the first qualifying session, they looked yeah. really good. He looked really good. Yeah. Uh, but it, it seems like a lot of hot air, doesn't it, really? Yeah. I wonder if it's what Campy's saying is they're so focused on getting into Q3. That's their goal in qualifying that they've just sacrificed Sunday and they just can't get a car that's going to work for the 66 laps. So. Could be technical yeah. for his. It could be tactical. Sorry for his career too. We know this guy can. This kid can drive over one pace. We know he's good in qualifying, but he just wants to set that car a lot and make it optic. Op, the optics yeah. from outside that he's really driving outside of that car. Um, for from a television view standpoint, because mm. we don't really talk about them or see them, that could be a reason. I, I doubt yeah, that's it, a good point. That's a good point. He's uh, got let's talk zero about Alfa Romeo. Personality though, that. that <laughs> Didn't like that, his apology. That interview he did on the track with Norris was. I was like, dude, show me something. Make me <laughs> want to like you. Don't be so British and like squid like, <laughs> you know. More of the same from over there. Still, that was a terrible interview and such a wasted oh, opportunity was, from it? Sky Sports. Like, what the hell are you guys talking about? Yeah. And also, they cut so much out of it. You can tell when the weather is so totally different from each <laughs> shot. It's like, oh, it's sunny. Now it's really overcast. Oh, there's Alfa Romeo standing behind. Now there's no one standing behind them. It's like, Ta-da. how long are you there for? And what content did you cut out, guys? Hurry up. Be better. Uh, anyway, let's talk about Alfa Romeo. Kimi Raikkonen, uh, as you said, Campy, before we finished, uh, did not have all of his attention on the track. No, he was flicking with switches and playing with some modes and he just uh, didn't even realise he ran up the backside of his teammate, which is a shame. He was, uh, They were looking good. Giovinazzi was competitive. They were never going to get any yep. points. Um, but again, Raikkonen's had a better three races than what Giovinazzi's had this year. And... Um, it's a shame because I, yeah. I think Raikkonen would have got ahead and then ultimately, you know, put a bit more pressure on the Gasly's. Um, that was, I think, Gasly was ahead of Danny Rick and Ocon. Ah, uh, sorry, Alonso at the time. So, um, yeah, it would have been interesting to see how they went. But yeah, it was a shame for him. Because especially considering last year the mega drive that he put into this track, oh, I guess yeah. it was slightly wet then. And but the the same thing happened again in terms of tires not turning on. Uh, as quickly, and we saw, you know, the the heroes of the sport, if you will, Seb and Alonso and Lewis being able and Max being able to turn the stuff on yep. uh, those tires on rather with experience. And I mean, he is the most experienced out there. So and he was starting really, to do the really same sad. thing. Unfortunately, yeah. he just did that on the pit straight. Yeah, yeah. And Tommy, I was surprised to not see any damage to Giovinazzi when when yeah. we saw the onboard from Raikkonen, and it almost looked like there was sparks coming out the left rear of Giovinazzi. It's like, okay, yeah. well then they've buggered both of them. No, I think it was just a clean hit on that rear tire. So luckily, no puncture, and he could just continue. No body damage. Super whatsoever. lucky. Yeah. Super super. And lucky. it looked like where he hit, where Raikkonen's wing actually touched the wheel, was sort of in the middle where those middle of tire. Yeah. Not mm. on the edges where the uh, yeah, can't remember what they call them for the life of me. Um, edges. What do they call the side <laughs> sidewalls? Yeah, they've got. A, I can't remember. It's too. Oh, early. good. Lucky you're our technical reporter Thanks. on tech. I'm good at the tech. I just you know. You can't figure out his mic tech because he keeps cutting out. Thank you. Do that. Oh, it's cutting out because it's a <laughs> shit leg, Tommy. Stop playing with it then. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> bloody hell. Continue. <laughs> Talking about tie tech, Campy. Yeah, no, it was well, good. It was good. 
It was good. Good. Alpha. <laughs> good, reco- good recovery. Nah. At 5.44 in the morning. Uh, yeah, Giovinazzi. Look, I think that car... He's pretty solid, say, man. Interesting that you say it can't be that they're never going to be in the points because for a while, I mean, the, the midfield is so close and, and they are very good at... And Giovinazzi, rather, is getting better at picking up the scraps and the mistakes of yeah. the, the bottom of the mid-pack, yeah. so to speak. Um, and 10th and 9th are, you know, able to be had by them. We saw that last time around. Uh, and as you said, you know, Kimmy's taking the FIA to court to try and get those two points back from last time around. Um, but Giovinazzi's growing. Yeah. More and more and more. But yep. Callum Wylot's better. Yes. Ooh. Yeah. Giovinazzi's one of those drivers, man. I didn't know he was a paid driver until... Literally about three weeks ago when I saw a video on YouTube. On mm. it, I think they called it the low-key pay driver. Um, <clears throat> my, the thing for me is when you're in these junior teams, you need to be setting the track a lot. You need to be getting some, you know, in your first two years, you need to be getting three or four results that are far outperforming your car every year. But you need mm. to get the media along with you, hyping you up and talking about you constantly. Um, so that, like... Your your stocks go up within the sport, and Giovinazzi for me hasn't done that. Yes, he's been pretty consistent with Kimi after the, uh, after his first year for the last two years, but he's not someone that is generating the headlines like like he should be, and that's probably because of his car. I mean, he's Italian too. I know. I mean, we don't. I mean, a lot of what we get's British anyway. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, they're not going to hype up Italians like they would, but. Um, yeah, he just doesn't seem to be – his name is not being put in the right places. So yeah, I think yeah. I think Eilat would probably deserve that drive moving forward. Well, and I mean, he's another English guy, right? So in terms of the attention given from at least the, the broadcast that we get Luckily. is amazing. Thanks. And my coffee brought to me. Amazing. Hey, Claire. Uh, Aston Martin. Let's talk about them because they were – we were excited for Seb Vettel going into into tenth, and we and were like, "Great, he's nope. outperformed <laughs> his teammate," and then nothing. No, I think Vettel would have got in the points if he had have had all the upgrades on the car. Potentially, well, those upgrades weren't doing anything for Stroll. He sucked. <laughs> I was going to say Stroll ended up fourteenth. That is a great point. Yeah, he was struggling to get out of the back. He, he couldn't make any moves. In a car that's supposed to be as good as it is, he was really Context is sh- important. Can I just throw in there? <laughs> <laughs> that's what she said. <laughs> but that is the context, yes. <laughs> Thanks, Kevin. We need subtle, to have a chat. Subtle as a sledgehammer. Sick. <laughs> he was really struggling to get through that the back of the field, back to where he should have qualified. So mm. I don't know what's going on. He he seems like the kind of guy that needs to qualify well and just stay there. Seb, Can could, he- Seb could run the race pace for the first 15 laps, but after that it died off and it dropped away and you've seen him getting tired. Yeah, which is – which that tells me that the car and the way it's designed is not using the tyres like they should and they're pushing yeah. just to do what every other midfield team is doing as a standard lap. Yes, yeah, that's a that's a Does good that way of putting sense? it. Yeah, this is sort of they're going back to Force India, like in terms of the the rise and fall, the roller coaster that that team has had. 
you know, back when Perez was, it was Force India rather than driving earlier in that time, they were doing amazing things and then rules change and then they fall away again. And unfortunately for Seb, you've seen this is the, you know, starting to go down the roller coaster kind of vibe right now, which is a shame for him, quite honestly. But uh, what I was also going to say is, Campy, I think this ties in very well with your Lance is not consistent no. theory. Yeah. No. No. Uh, that theory, if you haven't heard me talk about it before, is Lance will outperform the car one week and then he won't do it again for four races. Yeah. And the problem within those four races before he outperforms the car again is that He'll be on the pace for qualifying, but his race pace won't be there. And it just seems like, yeah, there's just zero consistency in what he does. Yeah, and <laughs> it's just it's so annoying. I just, <laughs> I just don't like it. Yeah. Uh, it's just not a vibe for me. Uh, let's talk about Alpine because Alpine were bloody good this weekend. Surprised. I didn't think they were going to be midway through the race. I was like, nah, they've, you know, they did pretty well in practice and Corley was okay, but they sort of fallen away again. <laughs> Fernando Alonso, get out of my way, including at Danny Rick, which was a bit sad, but poof, Campy, he stomped. He stormed home on those hearts, which makes a lot of sense because Renault. 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 <laughs> <laughs> They were really good on the medium and hard comp- uh, compound tyres last year when Danny yeah. was driving it. So it looks to me like Fernando Alonso really found that setup that Danny Rick had last year in that car. And he stormed home. Now, I think he came from about 13th back to 8th once he put those hard tyres back on. And once he passed uh, Danny Rick and Carlos Sainz, there was about a nine second gap with 10, 11, 12 laps to go. And he, he was coming home. And he finished about three quarters of a second behind um, uh, his teammate in Ocon. So that says to me, Alonso's figured out this car. He's just got to get his one lap stuff right, which he has done throughout his whole career. And it's good to see. I think, um, yeah, he's made up that difference in learning that car. He's made a big step from last weekend to this weekend. Big time. He... (sighs) It was impressive to see him back doing what he does well. I think mm. he was probably disappointed in himself with his qualifying because he knew that car had pace yeah. and they'd shown that in practice, yeah. especially when you see where Ocon qualified. To be honest, you're probably a bit more disappointed that Ocon couldn't keep that position. He, he dropped back a few, I'm pretty sure. So, Yeah, but Ocon was, he fell victim to where he was in the race pack. You know, yeah. you, you had, it was Norris, both Ferraris, and um, Ocon, and they were sort of in a procession the whole Grand Prix. Now, when those cars are so tight and so quick, yeah. it becomes like a DRS train. It's a bit like mm. on the Grand Prix on the virtual stuff on the video game. Sometimes you see it. Yeah, um, you, They just can't pass or do anything because the cars are so evenly matched. And everyone's on DRS. If you push, yeah. you're burning out tyres or you're heating something, your temperature's going up. Yeah. And then if you save your battery up for a lap, really doesn't change too much because of all the other things going in the car. So yeah. I think he was subject to those circumstances. But if the roles had been reversed and Alonso was in that position, I think Alonso would have made moves towards the end of the race. Yeah. That Ocon couldn't do. For sure. Yeah, Against there, better there's opposition. No, there's no doubt to, to me that <laughs> he's back in terms of you know, he's had a couple of years out of the car or out of our Formula 1 car. Yeah, It's not taken him long to get his – 
sort of mind around this Alpine, uh, mm. and certainly he's a better driver than Ocon. I don't think there's any Ugh. any shadow of a doubt about that. But Ocon had However, some glimpses this weekend, to yeah. be honest. Yeah, Tommy? Ocon outperformed Danny Rick in qualifying once last year, so he is going to have a race where he, you know he's better than Alonso this year. Yeah, mm. he, he qualified well. I think he's got a year up on that car as well. You've got to remember that. Yeah, totally. I was being a smart ass. Yeah. Week, so. <laughs> and we know that, like that Renault drives different Renault. according to Danny Rick. So there is going to be that learning curve. Yeah. But Alonso is a, ch- is a champ and knows what he's doing. So he'll figure it out pretty quick. Yeah. But again, I mean, that whole team still doesn't quite make a lot of sense to me. The Alpine, mm. like, the, you know, no Cyril, there's no designated team principal. They've got. Can't be some MotoGP dude who was responsible for Valentino Rossi or something. That's your favourite sport, MotoGP. I've even had to create a sub-channel in Discord <laughs> for you lot to bloody talk about it. <laughs> Imagine, anyway. Just before um, we move on, big shout out to Jack Miller and the fans in Townsville. <laughs> I'm sure they had a very big last night. Jack Miller got his his second win in MotoGP last night, but his first who? one was a... His first win in 2016 was when it was rain-affected. This was the first dry race he won, and he, he's been under pressure a bit like Danny Rick has and came out, and he, uh, he thumped the field last night. It was great to watch. Wow. Superstar. Of, just a lad, too. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Cool. What? Sorry, what was that? You Something about in- dry motorbiking. You guys are ignorant. Our fans <laughs> like MotoGP just as much. Someone motorbiked better than someone else. Um, whoever the guy is who is now in <laughs> Just go and play basketball, you pussy <laughs> for our, for Let's our just pain. get touch and flop And die <laughs> At least play basketball in the 90s when it was good Not in 2020 when you can't even bloody watch it without. What, it's like watching bloody Biden on a stage, you muppet Jeez LeBron anyway, my point thinks he's was, the goat and says My he point is. was there's well, some MotoGP dude, <laughs> Davide, some kind of name, who he's now he, – he came along to Alpine and they did – they were like, I don't know, was it Quali or something? They hyped up Sky, hyped up this interview that Paul DeResta had to leave the commentary box to go and do <laughs> this interview and it was terrible. They're like, so what are you bringing from MotoGP to this? Uh, not much. <laughs> There's more wheels in this formula. Yes. It's different. Uh, it's double the wheels. Great. Wow. What a time to be alive. Anyway, I don't think he's having any influence at all on the team. I think it's Fernando and it's the legacy of Danny yes. Rick. Yes. Well, well, I got an interesting – we got an interesting uh, look into uh, Renault as an operation. Great interview with Mr. Italiano. I wasn't there, but I did watch it as a fan. But he was saying when he was when when they were in Renault, like they it was it was Danny Rick that was constantly building them up, saying, "Yes, we are good enough, and we can do this." Whereas yeah. moving into from into a McLaren and coming from a Red Bull, it's sort of ingrained in what they do. Everyone's mm. there, do yeah. win, and they didn't. Need they know that what motivation. winning is. So, yeah. well, it's it's easy when you know what winning is too, but. Uh, Renault, Renault as an organisation <laughs> are still trying to figure that out and get that culture within it now. Yeah, I think Cyril was the right man for the job, but um, I didn't like to see him go. But that's uh, just interesting to hear the perspectives from the inside about what the team culture's like, and they just may be suffering from a bit of their culture issues mm, as I yeah. take a pot shot from over here in Australia. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> Let's talk about Alpha Tauri boys. <laughs> 
<laughs> Alpha Tauri, Alpha Tori, Yuki Sonoda, not exactly maybe living up to the expectations that everyone had. Campy? No, nah, he's not. Uh, nah, he's not. A couple of rookie mistakes here and there. He did have a good on-track pass around the hairpin. Yeah. That was kind of cool, but I mean, still after, very young, very... After yeah. race one, we had really high expectations yeah, for him. we did. And two races later, or three races, whatever we're in now, I can't remember. Um, <laughs> he is... He hasn't lived up to the expectation, but he'll only get better throughout the year. Yeah. You've got to give these guys at least... Here we go. You've got to give them at least... Six or seven races. Seven, eight, (laughs) nine races. Half the season. You know, we're probably a bit nicer on them these days just because of our culture. Um, What does that even mean? 20 20 (laughs) years ago, if he had driven like this four races, they would have outed him straight away. Yeah, you're not wrong. chance you failed. In our culture in these day and age, like they make the decision, they commit to him for the whole year. So realistically, they're going to give him half a year before they actually start looking at his performances on track, yeah. off track, how he's setting up the car, and make a decision for the uh, for the future. Which I think we should go back to a bit of old school, a bit of cutthroat. He's definitely not the worst rookie though. So no, he's not. <laughs> Far he's from got it. that going for him. But Far you've got to remember, he's, he's yeah. keeping Honda happy at the moment. Yeah. So. That's it. I think Gasly's just making him look worse as well because Gasly is doing well. However, this is probably not the points finish they were hoping for. They were probably hoping a bit higher. I think it's just how it shook out with the um, the pit stops. And to be honest, if McLaren didn't stuff up their pit stop, Danny oh. Ripoy would have been another spot above. Imagine that. Yeah. Imagine just not stuffing up a pit stop. That was a... Uh. As I said, well, like four yeah. and a half seconds. Well, to be Went honest, wrong, and we'll talk about it, but it looks like he overshot his pit box. Yeah, no, can't, he can't do it. anything wrong. It must be Seb's. <laughs> Seb Vettel's pit crew has just moved across to McLaren yeah, for that one stop, or Valtteri Bottas's pit crew. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same crew. They just put different colours on each time. Yeah. Let's talk about Gasly. Um, Tommy T, he didn't really have an amazing weekend. This track potentially not the, the, <laughs> the best track for them, but no. they were kind of just in no man's land for most of it. Nothing. He is qualifying really well, though, this year. I think he's he's got to get a lot of credit for that because that car is better, but it's still not competing with the McLaren and the other kind of top of the midfield. It's kind of right in the middle to bottom of the midfield, and he's really qualifying well considering. Uh, he just can't do anything on a Sunday, really, unless he's lucky. He does like to take those risks, and he will get some results because of that. But yeah. He kind of needs something like a safety car to happen at an opportune time. Otherwise, he's kind of just stuck in 10th. It's kind of his inevitability. Yeah. Uh, hypothetical for you. What organisation outside of Red Bull takes a punt on Gasly? The French one. LP? Yeah. I don't think they well, do, whatever though. they decide to call themselves next year, they'll just change it again. Renault. I don't, I don't think Renault fear. I don't think they will because if you like, there was so much conversation about this leading from preseason. But now, if you actually look at the younger talent they've got, like Oscar Piastri, and yes, okay, Australian, yeah. so we're biased. But the, already what he's showing in F two, it would be cheaper for them dollars wise, and you know, yeah. budget cap is important to consider for all of this stuff these days as well to look at their younger program and see who they can promote because realistically I don't think they pull in a Red Bull guy. And we know that Gasly's not going back to Red Bull actual. So, 
maybe he's a bit in no man's land as a result of that camping. Maybe he's, he's that Ericsson. Or is he like a Kvyat where he's stuck inside that Red Bull fold and he's not going to be get, get out of it because of the tainted experience that he had in the top team? I think it's going to be more like that. The only alternative is if Sebastian does retire or Kimi or maybe the Haas seats open up. Things like that. He's not going to get to a, a better team than what he's currently in, I don't think. So more of like a Kevin Magnussen kind of stepping yes. sideways. Yeah, he'll, he'll be kind of what Sergio Perez was until the last couple of years. K-Mag and Grosjean, right? Yeah. yeah. Very competent. Yep. Yeah. In the right car, but just don't cut it when it... Yeah. At that next level. Which is a shame, really, because, you know, the fact how he bounced back from that massive disappointment from that six month in the Red Bull... You know, but at least he's still got an F one drive. You know, it's still better yeah. doing better yeah. than Albon, who's yeah. crying in DTM. You know, true. Which yeah. is yeah, unfortunate. But anyway, look, I think you're right. I, I but I don't think he's going to um to Renault. That's Renault. that's for sure. Um, Ferrari, Ferrari have pace again, which is actually really good to see. To be perfectly yes. honest, um, and they're a little bit more competitive against McLaren this time around. Carlos Sainz finishing in 11th and Charlotte Leclerc finishing in 6th. Carlos, though, I think driving so yeah. well and, and better than Charles. You mentioned yesterday, Campy, he, he did really well and you made the call very early that he was going to outshine Leclerc. I think it was just luck this time on what tyre allocation and how they did the pit stops. Well, Ferrari took the punt trying to get the uh, the undercut on on Norris, Norris way too early. They, you know, he did it five or six laps too early, which ultimately compromised his race, which meant he dropped out of the points. You know, he just had no pace on that tyre in the last ten or so laps, which yeah. was a shame. But um, what happened – I missed what happened at the start because he was right up there with Norris. He did so well. He was in front of Norris. He was on the softer compound. At the start. Yeah. What Did he have a mistake where he went off track and then dropped back again or – I missed I, it. Inter- Norris? No. I'm Carlos. Because he was in – third or fourth at the start of the race, and then there was something happened and he got shuffled back to, to sixth or seventh. It, it literally, was just on the restart and then just pace. He just didn't have it to continue on. Yep. And literally track position. So just yep. putting, you know, having other cars around him, putting in yep. better positions than him yep. on the track because those softs did fire up faster. But as and you say, died. Tommy, as soon as the safety car came out, yep. which wasn't too long, uh, I, I think the advantage was kind of lost, if yes. that makes yep. sense. But you're absolutely right, Campy. Though, if, in terms of him firing up and quickly, the dude's oh, yeah. the dude's got it. Like, I think that car suits him. I think we said this yesterday a lot better than other new drivers in new teams suiting that car. Yep. Yeah, I think I think the three guys, like your Alonso, Danny Rick, and your Science, new to the teams, who we've been giving um, a bit more extra credit and time to get used to the cars. Free passes. Free passes. That's what I'm looking Seb for. Seb doesn't get a pass, does he? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> He's got four world championships. He shouldn't need one. Alonso's got two. Yeah, but that's like hard. Jordan. He's he- got six championships <laughs> and LeBron's got four. Here Tommy. we go. Oh, here we go. Jordan doesn't need a pass. LeBron needed five to get there. So, um. <laughs> oh, the Oz F1 MotoGP NBA show. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, those three have seemed to pick up the race pace side of things this weekend and being on par and if not and if or not better than their teammates this weekend. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, shame for science. Leclerc. I don't know what I think. Does Leclerc things. He's just solid, man. 
Yeah. He's he's reliable. He's lightning over one lap. Yeah. I think he's kind of grown out, like we saw Maximus Verstappen grow out of his childish kind of things. Not that Leclerc had as many, but he was getting pretty petulant with Seb, pretty tic-tac-y kind of stuff, and now mm. he's just reliable guy. We saw things like at Monaco when he just threw the toys out of the cot when he didn't qualify well and yep. just wrote his day off or things like I think it was around the Red Bull ring when he did similar. But now he's just bringing it home really consistently. He's qualifying well. He's racing well. He's not really taking risks and putting it further ahead, but he's just bringing home solid points, which is probably what Ferrari want after the last season they had. Mm. Yeah, and I think also, and this sort of ties into McLaren, who we'll talk about now as well, but the the attitude that he's taken, as in Charles taken, Lando seems to have taken at the same time. Like Lando mm. has stepped up, and even Zach said it. You know, uh, from Abu Dhabi last year to now, yeah. Lando's stepped it up uh, in terms of his performance. And you know, he even said as well, attitude off track. Campy's happy about this. Less Twitch streaming, <laughs> less gaming. And more focusing on driving, which is absolutely the right attitude. And I think, I mean, you know, 2020 is different and whatever, but it's good and is showing for both for both uh, the young guys. It's, it's kind of just a shame that George Russell um, doesn't have the sort of same car to, to prove that similar kind of attitude. Not that he showed it last weekend, but anyway. But Lando, though, still stunning. Uh, and, and an amazing yeah. performance this time around as well. Sticking in in fifth, I think he's outperforming the car, Campy, don't you? Uh, well, no, I don't. I think I think McLaren is the third best car on the grid at the moment. So he, I don't think they've got the pace to beat. Like straight up, they don't have the pace to beat the Red Bulls or the Ferraris. So fifth is where Ferraris. Sorry. Red I know you meant. You know, you got, um, <laughs> and Mercedes. So fifth is where he needs to be realistically. Mm. Yeah. Um, and if you look who was behind him, you had Ocon behind him, you had Leclerc behind him and Alonso, then his teammate. So yeah. clearly it's the best of the rest. So I think that's where he should be performing. Um, I don't think he nailed his qualifying like he would have wanted to this weekend. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean – Keep getting fifth, third best car on the grid. It's where you should be, really. Yeah, they're going to drop off this season too because they've spent all their upgrades just getting the car on the grid. So they need to bank points early, and we'll just mm. see them slowly drift off towards yeah. the end of the and year. And then the focus will shift to the next regs next yep. year, all those kind of yep. things as well. Yeah, and that's what you said, Campy. You know, it's it's there's no world championship this year for Danny Rick in the McLaren. Yeah. So whilst it's nice for him to get some good results. And he actually performed pretty well this yeah. on the race day uh, from 16th to 11th, 10th by lap, what, just after the safety car, lap seven, eight. Yeah. Was pretty good as a drive yep. and had other yep. strong midfield cars around him too. And that was our biggest concern was just being able to get past cars with yes. similar kind of aero packages and stuff as well. So, yeah, I think, I mean, fifth and ninth is good for McLaren, but... They, as you say, they kind of need more sooner. And whilst Andreas and Zach are still just totally stoked to have Danny Rick in the team, and no surprises there at all. And even Danny saying, "Oh yeah, I spoke to Andreas. He's like, just chill, dude. You got a couple more races. Well, actually, he doesn't really have that many more races." Yeah. No, I, th- I think 
we're, we're pretty harsh because we love Danny so much and we want him to do well. But if you look back, he's had three points finishes in three races. I think that's a good start. Oh, yeah. Whether they're as high as they should be, up for debate. But to be honest, as long as he's consistently getting better and better, that's all they're going to ask for. The, the thing I noticed this weekend was, unlike the first couple of races, uh, his race pace was better than Norris's. So much better. And he was able to move up the field. We saw yeah. he was on lap forty or whatever it was on the on the mediums, still yeah. on his first stint, running the same times and quicker than the cars behind him did yes. his relative pace towards. He didn't have the pace to jump them, but his pace was better than what Norris's was and he's consistently gaining on him. Yeah. And that's where Danny Rick's big strength is in his in his race craft yeah. and his race strength. So um, that was good to see. That's the difference we made up from last week and this week. And unfortunately, qualifying for him really ruined his race yeah. the weekend. But if he hadn't have been passed by Alonso storming home, hmm. P8 <clears throat> would have been a bloody good result for him. We would have been for sitting sure. there going, All right, here we go. Another yeah. another 10 more laps and they would have had – he would have been in P6 yeah. behind his teammates. So – um, that's what I was stoked to see. The 10, 12 seconds he finished behind his teammate was all lost because of where he started. So yeah. I'm happy he's picked his game up. I reckon maybe not next weekend, but the race after that, he'll be 100% fine and he'll be beating Lando week in, week out. Yeah. To be honest, was it a blessing in disguise to have to start so far back? So, so we had to do some on-track passing and make some moves rather than just starting high and trying to maintain high. He actually had to get back to some old Danny Rick kind of stuff with some passes on track, which is good. And it just gives him more experience, doesn't it, in terms of how to drive this car in this, yep. you know, with all of the stuff that we spoke about yesterday and how he wants the development to start moving in a direction that suits him better. Yeah. You know, to be able to pass as many cars as he did with, you know, similar sure. kind of midfield uh, tightness is a good thing to say, all right, this is, this is, this is where his skills are at. So... Uh, look, I'm still stoked that McLaren are still doing as, as well as they are. Let's hope that it maintains at least to the summer break uh, before they start dropping off. Uh, let's talk about Red Bull because uh, I was very happy for Sergio Perez to lead as many laps as he did. Uh, wasn't quite the rear gunner that I think, Tommy, you we were still no. waiting for. I mean, he was but, there, but he was a long way back. But he put it in fourth uh, and he has to be happy with that. And Maxi Max... Supermax in second. Oh, I'll tell you what, he had a good run at those Mercs oh. at one point within DRS. He was so close to taking and snatching that yeah. first. Do you know what? That was probably my favourite part of the race was when the top three were actually competing really closely uh, and overtaking each other. That was actually exciting. We yeah. don't see that often. It's first place just runs away with it and then that's the end of the race. We were actually seeing the first three drivers shifting places for a good 20 laps. Yeah, Verstappen's mighty quick. He's uh, way quicker than what Perez is. I think Perez, he's better than the last three teammates in Kvyat, Albon and Gasly, but he's still not where Red Bull want him to be. The only thing that's going to keep him in that seat is that he is finishing fourth consistently. It's minimum requirement there. Minimum requirement. Yeah. And he's doing it with ease at the moment. Yeah, he is. In a tighter midfield than what it's been. So, And when he has been trapped in the middle of the pack, he's been able to – his way through the cars and yep. get the job And you know done. what we said with Perez, if he was in that situation like he was today leading and there was a safety car, he's going to capitalise because he does yep. that stuff well. Yep. So he was doing the right thing by the team. He was there to take it if it came. 
But unfortunately, no safety car. Danny Rick would have benefited too if that happened, but <laughs> that would have been awesome. I think the Honda power unit's not as good as the Merc. Mm. Nah, they were I sitting think, ducks on the straights. Like I, think that I, I think this race proved Mercedes is still the better car. Yep. Not by what they have been in the last two or three years. And the gap is getting smaller every year, but it's still the better car. And I yeah. just think ultimately Hamilton goes on to, you know, probably win 13 out of 23 this year. Just the way that that guy's driving at the moment yeah. is unbelievable. I mean, he passed Max and his teammate on track. Yeah, that. It's a shame. Well, let's talk about Mercedes. Talk, let's talk yeah. about VB, Campy and, and Ham. Well, VB got off to the start. He did first well, lap. They both started well. First lap, he um, first lap. I think it was eight tenths. By the second lap, by the time safety car started, safety car came out, VB had amassed you know a one point eight second lead. Yeah. Unfortunately for him, after that safety car restart, he didn't fire the tyres up quick enough. To be honest, was, though, I'd give that a very good score for his restart. The way he set up Hamilton to get away, and Max jumped Lewis as well. So. But, but you're right, the tyres weren't he, fired up. If he had have gone from – without that yellow flag, yeah. um, safety car, he would have had that buffer mm. to not be in the DRS zone for the whole time. Yep. And he would – I think he would have been able to manage the race a lot better outside of that DRS he zone. He couldn't get out of it, could he? he? And he couldn't get out of it. He was under pressure from Verstappen and he was under pressure from Hamilton. And, mm-hmm. uh, it was a shame to see, but he's got no excuses. Nope. If you look at Lewis in that car, he's able to extract pace out of it that Valtteri can't at the moment. It's a shame uh, if it had been on a track like a, like a Barcelona or a um, uh, a Monaco where it's harder to pass. Yeah. Valtteri wins all day. Well, um, if, if Valtteri didn't get passed by his own teammate, he would have won because they would have been in the opposite situation when they went mm. to pit and they would have had to pit but he should Hamilton have, first. He still should have had a second. <clears throat> yeah. Mean, Yep. Mercedes shit the bed on the pit stop. Yeah. It gave him a 3.8 second pit stop or yep. three and a half. Behind. Compared to Max Verstappen's 1.9 or something, which is <laughs> incredible. But that's the difference when he's coming out on cold tyres and he's under pressure. Yep. Yep. He can't light those tyres up. Of course Verstappen's going to yeah. swing it past him. And when he gets throttle happy and, and makes a mistake because his tyres are cold, he's frustrated. Yeah. Um, and then when he's in his second stint on the hard tyres, Valtteri's pushing like hell and then he gets problems in the exhaust and a sensor goes off and he loses power. Yeah. It's just a shame because he was coming back hard at Verstappen at that time. Yeah. But what is – I mean, it's frustrating for me because I'm on Valtteri, Team Valtteri this year, but um, really it's a two-horse race between Hamilton and Verstappen. Big time. Yeah. Thank goodness, though. At least we've got two horses involved this time. Yes. Yeah. And at least one of them's not from Mercedes. Yeah. Yeah. And a yeah. fake horse, really. <laughs> a Shetland. <laughs> a Shetland. Has it got wings or something? Is that what you <laughs> Well, look, all, all in Max all, though, a, boys, Portimao. He's a horse, man, is he? Portimao was not a bad race. Uh, definitely worth. Three out of five. D- definitely worth staying up for. I'm not confident that Barcelona this weekend coming is going to be st- worth staying up for? Can you say it correctly, sorry? Sorry, Barcelona. 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 <laughs> 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 there we go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Can I just give a <laughs> shout out? 
to the shittest national anthem I've ever heard. I'm oh. ever hungry. <laughs> I was going to say. That was horrible. As performed by Wolfpack, can I just say? <laughs> it was not Wolfpack. But it looked like Wolfpack in terms they of dressed just what like they were Wolfpack. They tried to sound like Wolfpack, but they were. That was, that Nothing was horrible. <laughs> Whoever was in charge of picking that, trying to just quit. <laughs> just quit different. and resign. That was dumb. <laughs> uh, fly pass, though. Had uh, four F-16s very close, which was nice. Um, didn't do a whole lot, though. It was just kind of like a tight see later over the top. So it was a 5.2 out of 10 for that. And the point two, uh, as I said in our Discord, is an extra point uh, only because of whoever's flying the first jet clearly downloaded the DLC for um, the Call of Duty skin for that <laughs> thing because it just looked ridiculous. Like, oh, yeah, here comes a bright tiger, bloody-looking fighter jet. Ridiculous. Yeah. It's only a COD thing for sure. Uh, let's look at uh, Fantasy League. Would you like to do the sting, Campy? Oh, I don't know what the sting is. Oh, don't you? you? Okay. You well, they normally you do Fantasy. Fantasy. There you go. Fantasy. <laughs> He's stage fright. He does. Put him on the spot. No, he's too busy because now it's his moment to shine. Campy, please read out your favourite names (laughs) from this week. Well, look, to give this some context, I'm not on the internet. I don't understand this stuff. So the first, the person who is number one, his name is Ross J. He's got the Irish flag. Love the Irish. You know, but his, this team name is, it's Friday, then it's Saturday, and then Sunday, what? Yeah. <laughs> These two pricks are laughing. I've got zero idea what that even means. Oh, the I, 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 that doesn't make sense. Explain to me. So, <laughs> is it one of those? Like, is that what she said? Type of moment? No, he's got no clue. I've got no, no idea. He's got no clue. Uh, uh, there's a few. There's a few guds in here. Actually, cars go fast. Lock on D. Make a better effort. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Campy calls out names. Pick your good ones, Campy. Uh, here comes the Sonoda. That's good. Uh, let me let me give a shout out to Dave Munnis, who has is in fourth. The William John Story Appreciation Society. Yeah, good a lot. Winnie Reds F1 Racing, not bad. <laughs> Cries yeah. in DTM. Solid. Nick B ten. Love that. That's that's mm. great. We also in eleventh and twelfth, both versions of Nikita Mazaspin. <laughs> Nikita Mega Spin and Nikita Massa Spin. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, there's some duds in here. You got cynical towards the end of the podcast. I love yeah, how you started. You're like, we've got to remain positive and happy. And here we are. People putting in good effort, like Danny Ficardo, and just, oh, there's duds. Karen Horner's Tears, for example, 39. That's really, really great as well. Or drunk, drunk Lumberjacks. I don't even get that. <laughs> it looks like you. Really? <laughs> He's Canadian. They're, you need to invest in odd. some mirrors, Campy. Canadians. And John Paul G, Campy's pool boy. What on earth are you trying to get out there, mate? Uh, and on that note. <laughs> on that note, in, in no, all look, the time I'll, that he's had to prepare to look at all the names, all he's gone is gone, oh, here's one, and the rest of them are crap. <laughs> you guys know I don't check this rubbish. Oh, give How me a spell, mate. Bath and Bahrain, that was the other one I like. Very good. How many points did you get there? I'm actually doing better than you two. I got 184 this week. That's where are you sitting, for me. Tommy? You're like 100 out of 100. Yeah, well, shut up. I'm still sitting seven eight, so I'm going all right. How yeah. can I be so where are bad you, at Jim? fantasy? I'm coming 30th. It's um, I'm it, coming for you. It's not. Yeah, it's looking pretty grim for for Jame, to be honest. I'm I'm not that 
excited about. For he just called himself Jive. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the transformation is complete. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> you play Warzone and you see Jame. That's me. Uh. <laughs> and all these people are like, how do I pronounce that? It's mainly New Zealanders. It's all like, how do I pronounce that, bro? Is it Jamie? And I'm like, no, it's just, it's just Jame. There's no S on the end. There's only one of me. And they're like, oh, well, that's kind of broken my mind a bit, bro. Oh, bro, you apologise. It can be used with a capital capital E or a three no, I love it. if you it's like. Great. <laughs> New Zealand is the best Warzone players. I'm still yet to try and find Stoffel on on Call of Duty. Please at me. It'll happen. Play attack. Well, boys, that's the Portuguese Grand Prix. The good news is uh, they are coming Double thick header. and fast now. Uh, we don't have much, uh, any time really at all to wait before that's what she said. Spain. <laughs> Before crying in DTM, uh, but uh, thanks so much for for being up this early and uh, and reviewing this race. And uh, thank you to you if you enjoyed all of this. Do all the stuff that good people do that listen to podcasts and watch on YouTube. And seriously, can I side note that Michael Italiano interview was a very fun to do, not just because Campy wasn't there, but. <laughs> We really enjoyed the chat with him uh, and a massive a shout out to him for, for his time. But he is, uh, if you don't follow Michael Italiano on uh, Instagram, do that because there's a lot of cool behind the scenes stuff that he's taking of Danny Rick's training and everything else uh, from that. But thank you also for your feedback from that interview. There will be more coming this year uh, and we might even allow Campy in one of them if he's behaved well enough. Uh, but that's it for this episode. We'll see you next time in Spain. Boys, thank you for your time. We'll speak to you soon. <laughs> Doubtful. <laughs> Good. Good work, boys. <clears throat> right, can someone ex- please explain this joke to me now? Can you play in the video? Yeah. Nah, that's not important. Yeah, that's G-rated. <laughs>